Welcome back to the Event Hubs podcast, where the talk is 100% fighting games most of the time. On this week's episode, Dream King and Majin Ten Shinhan join to discuss the mostly good and somewhat bad experiences that they've had with the latest Guilty Gear Strive beta. Then we delve into Speculationville as the four of us offer our eight cents on how and how heavily Street Fighter V's new V-Shift mechanic will be changing the game's meta. Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Carlos Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. How's it going? Uh, and with me, as not always, is uh, Stephen Dream King Chavez and Nick Majintenshinhan Taylor. How's it going, guys? Going pretty well. Glad to be back. Uh, yeah, another round of this. I'm ready. Uh, yeah, it's going alright. Uh, we got a lot of uh, stuff to talk about today, so uh, I decided to pop in. Well, much appreciated. Thank you guys for sharing your time with us and the rest of the Event Hubs podcast listening crew, which I, I, I don't do this enough. And I want to say thank you to those of you who listen to us on the regular. Much appreciated. Thank you to those who tell your friends about us and your moms about us because we need to get more listeners and all that stuff. And if you are listening for the first time, welcome. Hopefully we, we do you right here. Um, we're going to jump in right now because there's a lot of uh, fresh fighting game news that has happened or and also is about to happen. Uh, but we're going to kick things off here with the Guilty Gear Strive beta, which certain special people have had access to already. Two of those special people are on this right now in Steven and Nick. Um, and we've been seeing a lot of uh, players, higher profile players in the fighting game community react to playing this uh, this beta and saying mostly positive things, especially when it comes to the net code. So that's probably a good place for us to start. So I will turn this over to you guys. Guilty Gear Strive beta, how has the uh, connections been for you? Yeah, we, uh, Nick and I are, um, you know, we, we tried out a few sets uh, yesterday and uh, Nick is out in Sweden. I'm over here in Southern California and um, it was surprisingly smooth. Uh, I mean, we had a couple of hiccups, which are to be expected, right? A couple little bit of, you know, screen freezes and stuff. But for the most part, things felt pretty darn good. And considering the distance, that's that's promising, right? I mean, obviously, this is a beta. Um, you know, we're at a point where not too many people are playing it because it was only for certain people. Uh, you know, the, the, the beta is going to go live for everybody uh, tomorrow, I believe. Um, so there's there's some different factors there. And obviously, we'll, we'll have to see how it holds up at launch. But those early tests were, were pretty promising. Uh, I didn't really feel like we were hitting too many points of, uh, you know, big lag spikes or anything like that. Um, things felt pretty darn smooth. Uh, and we were actually able to play like, I think we played like, what, like 10 games or something, 15 games, maybe something like that. Uh, and it, Who it won? felt great. Uh, Steven, Steven won. Really? What was the spread? Because you don't play much Guilty Gear, right? I don't play Guilty Gear at all. This is like the first Guilty Gear that I'm getting into or, or interested in really getting into. Um, and that's that's kind of where my experience lies. Like I've followed the series. I know about it, but I've never really gotten heavily into it. I'm, I'm very much more a traditional kind of Street Fighter, Killer Instinct player, not Hot so much a, an Air Dash <laughs> player. Uh, and I, I rocked my, my girl, Milia. And uh, yeah, I, I did okay. Yeah, no, no. Um, this is, this is. I want to get everyone a privy to this is the, the Dream King <laughs> that we know because this mother blank will go into a game and he'll pick up a character and play him for like five or ten minutes and he'll be super proficient with him and i'm like how the hell do you know this stuff he's like i don't know and it's like every freaking game every character like he can just pick it up and play practically anything in it pisses me off <laughs> this is what we have to deal with on this and but it's really good for the website exploration stuff because you can get in there and figure stuff out faster than most human beings can and i hate them oh, for it okay. but there two, it is. two things i need to uh interject with here first of all 
in my defense, Steven went to training mode before we played. Okay. Second oh, of all, the tutorial? it's no. not, yeah, exactly. It's not like he won every game. Uh, I mean, I didn't keep track, but he won probably two thirds, maybe something like that. Um, but yeah, uh, it was playable, which is surprising. Uh, it kind of shouldn't be uh, from like Southern California to Stockholm, but it worked. Uh, uh, it worked fine. Uh, one thing that Arxis has done, I want to say always, but at least for a long time, is they will have up at the top in their delay-based games, it will say how many frames of delay you're currently experiencing. And they have the same thing here. It says how many rollback frames are currently like interjected in the game. Uh, there weren't a lot of those situations where, uh, you know, when I still play Street Fighter V, sometimes you like you want to go for a sick kid confirm. Uh, you do it, it hits, you do the you do the confirm, but then, oh no, was just kidding, it rollbacks and they actually blocked, hmm. right? That happens sometimes. Yeah. Uh, that did not happen a single time during our session, at least not what I noticed. But uh, yeah, it says rollback frames. It says how many MS delay. Uh, we actually had five frames, which seems pretty low for the distance. Uh, five frames. Yeah. I mean, I've had five frames against Spain in the past, you know. Yeah. Uh, so the shouts to the UK. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. UK can be rough too. Uh, but yeah, so uh, the net code seems very proficient, but. As Steven mentioned, there were some freezes and stuff. I I am kind of giving them the benefit of the doubt here because the netcode itself was so solid and the matches overall were solid. And these freezes, I also got them with Leffen, who lives 15 minutes away from me. So I want to say that this is more of a beta thing, a server thing. I don't think their servers are up yet properly. Uh, hopefully in the actual game, uh, it, it'll be different. I, I will jump in and clarify on that. Now, whenever you play an online match, server infrastructure has nothing to do with it once the moment that the servers hand off your connection to each other. It's completely okay. peer-to-peer. Uh, there should be never a circumstance on the planet where servers could somewhat cause lag, but not really. Like You're going basically peer-to-peer at a certain point. Um, but the, they could introduce problems in other yeah. areas, though, to, to be clear. Okay, well, I don't know about all that, but I want to believe that this part... What a nerd, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I want to believe that this part was just a beta thing. I think... I, I want people to be mindful of that when the open beta hits. I think it might not be quite as smooth as now because there will be a lot more people playing. But uh, I want everyone to keep in mind that it's a beta. Uh, be before we move on, I did want to circle back. Nick, can you talk a little bit about more uh, your matches with Leffen? Because you guys both are in Sweden. You guys are fairly close to each other. Do you remember like what your ping times were and, and like kind of like more of the experience here? Because I remember you complaining about it and saying like, that was not very good. Uh, can you elaborate just a little bit more on what That happened? was most... I actually only played one match against Leffen this time. Uh, we played quite a bit last beta, okay. but last beta was delay-based. Uh, but in okay. this beta, we only played one match. Uh... The reason I said it was bad was because of these freezes. Like, it, it would be yeah. like connection, like connecting to server or whatever, you know, like a pop-up in the middle of the match, kind of. Uh, but I did play several matches against Fampen. Uh, mm -hmm. Best Guilty Gear player in Sweden, probably. One of the best in Europe. <clears throat> and I don't know how many matches we played. Maybe like 15, something like that. And then my roommate actually played a bunch against him for my account as well. Uh, same thing happened there. These uh, freezes would happen. 
if they happen, just if if this exactly were how Guilty Gear's uh, um, Guilty Gear Strive's online experience was like, is it an acceptable thing? Because we've been hearing almost nothing but people just singing, you know, praises from the rooftops that oh, I played someone in Korea, I played someone in Japan, and it was amazing, um, and, and the people just swooning over this. Uh, and, but there do seem to be these little hiccups and whatnot. Are they digestible, acceptable for what online should be in this day and age and fighting games kind of hiccups? Or if this came to fruition in the actual game, would it be an issue? I think it depends on how frequent those freezes are. It's 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 like the uh, the Castlevania uh, two, right? What a horrible nice to ha- uh, night to have a curse, right? Like it comes up on screen or whatever. It, it's kind of like that, but it's like it depends on how often that's popping up. Uh, for Nick and I, I think it happened maybe like twice in our entire in the entirety of our set. Um, and it's like if that's if it's mostly a rare occurrence, it's like I think that's okay considering how much how how good the rest of it felt. Um, but if that's something that's happening, you know, every 10 games or whatever, it's like, uh, that's, that's a little bit different, right? Cause it, it does, it does affect the match flow for sure. It, it's again, it's, it's a complete stop of what's going on. Right. And it's like, for how long, like, like a, a split second or like three split seconds, second. split second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, it's still just that enough to interrupt you like, okay, sure. like, come on. Like, and you know, so it's, it, again, if, if it's a thing, but it's not super, you know, consistent that it's happening, like, I- I'm fine with that. But if, yeah. if, if that's something that's a regular thing, it's like, okay, that, that needs to be addressed. Did you play anyone else, Steven, or is it just against Nick? Oh, this is good. <laughs> this one is good. Yeah, why don't you tell them, Steven? There's a... You're going to have to help me with the player's name. Oh, you want me to I introduce him? Okay, so uh, yes, there's, there's a person, and I am very sorry if I'm pronouncing his name wrong. I've met him several times. But there is a man named... Acquerol. Mm-hmm. He is a French Guilty Gear player, and he's helped us a lot here at the Ventups, actually, because he used to be affiliated with Sawi. So he would give us a lot of information on their events. He would sometimes help me with some results things. Very nice guy. Very helpful guy. Absolute monster in Guilty Gear. Yeah, he he also helped me take an ass whooping, so that was that was nice, right? I mean, uh, and I mean, we're, Nick and I were playing and stuff, and this dude kept like persistently trying to play against me, and I'm like, and, and I missed Nick's messages about it on Skype because Skype was being weird, and I was like, well, okay, I guess I'm fighting this guy then, like, why not? I don't know who this is or whatever, and he was a French Guilty Gear player, and uh, on the plus side, the connection was great. Were there <laughs> those pauses in that in that experience too? Uh, I don't, maybe like at the very beginning, but I mean, it, it held up fine. Like I got a couple of combos on him. I was happy about that, but it was like, I mean, it was, it was a character. It was, uh, Leo or Leo, Leo however yeah. you say it. And, and yeah, Leo and I had, I don't know what that character does. So he was just like, oh, cool. I hit you. And now I hit you 10 times and you're dead. I'm like, oh, cool. That's what this character does. All right. And, and again, I'm learning the game still. Right. And, and, uh, I'm not a master of it, uh, despite having gone through the tutorial three times. Um, which we'll get into later, but uh, yeah, he he kicked my ass, and I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. But I was just like, dude, like this this random player came in and just beat the shit out of me, Nick. What's happening here? And he's like, oh yeah, that's this French guilty gear player. He's really good. I'm like, oh cool. Like I wish I would have known that ahead of time. I know Nick tried to warn me, but Skype didn't didn't want me to see the messages, so I got my ass whooped. I'm like, all right, cool. I guess I'll call it a day there. <laughs> yeah. While while we're still on the netcode, I will mention um, Swampen did stream this. Uh, like the whole bad experience. And he actually played uh, against Japanese players. Uh, he used to live in Japan, so that was nice for him. So he's also here from Sweden. He played against Omito. Uh, you know, the Evo champion, was it 2017? Or one of the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't perfect, but it was playable. So he got to have a run back against Omito, which made him very happy. Because they haven't seen each right. other since Corona, obviously. 
Well, one of the things I want to talk about too, just to give people a good contrast, is with Street Fighter V. Um, I play that game very actively online. That's my favorite game, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I went to go play yesterday, and I actually pinged uh, Velociraptor and Dream King here and said, hey, do you guys want to play? And uh, Dream King specifically said, hey, uh, don't want to play because uh, there's a storm going on outside right now. And you know, he's in L.A. Uh, my main competition is against people in L.A. Um, and so I ran into Snake Eyes and a few other people. I had some of the worst latency issues I've ever had with Street Fighter V yesterday. And I played the game a bunch. And this is not just... Um, uh, losing rage or whatever because I actually gained a bunch more points. I'm up to like 58,000 points now. Uh, so it's not like, oh, I lost. I'm going to blame it on latency or whatever. I won most of my matches and still the latency was terrible. Uh, and why I bring this up is that because of where Guilty Gear Strive is running, it's very limited in the time frames you can play it at. So if you have a storm going on outside or you have some bad adverse weather conditions or whatever, your mileage might vary on how good the net code is for you. So um, this is a lot of anecdotal evidence, and unfortunately in the FGC, this is the best that we have. But if it's bad, you might try playing again a little bit later on, especially since all these people are praising how good the net code is. Um, but you know, it, it's uh, I know that like Nicholas and, and Dakota, they both love Grand Blue Online. They play it all the time. I hate the game online with a passion. I think it has worse net code than Marvel Three, which is one hell of an accomplishment. But for them, it's just fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Shouts to Marvel 3 out of the tenure. But anyway, I, I did want to add that in there before we move on from Netcode because I think it's an important context that it really can vary from person to person how this stuff goes. And, and it's you can't control that. You know, it's just it, it's going to it's going to be how it's going to be. Nice Marvel 3 reference, too. Um, I, so so I also wanted to jump in here and talk about gameplay. And, and Nick, being someone who's played a lot of Guilty Gear in the past, I want to first ask Steven, how does it feel? Is it satisfying? Is it fluid? Does what you want kind of manifest on the screen fairly easily? What's it like to play the game itself? Yeah, the game feels a little bit slower than I anticipated it would, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just feels a little bit more like, you know, you have some more weight to your characters. And I know that the uh, Arc system, they, they specifically designed like air dashes and stuff to have a slight delay beforehand, right? So that you're not just completely making some crazy like instant overhead setups and stuff like that. There's a little bit of a delay now. So there, it feels like you have some some weight that you're kind of moving around now, which again, is, it's, not a, it's not a bad thing. I, I feel like it was okay. It just took a little bit of... Uh, Adjusting my expectations there. Um, but in, in general, I, I do like the way that the game uh, plays. Uh, once you kind of figure out how things work, um, and again, we'll get into that later, but uh, it, it flows pretty well. Uh, and there's some some interesting mechanics and stuff that you can use there to kind of do different things, you know, like like bursting and stuff like that, or like Roman cancels, which I'm already a huge fan of. And I'm sure Nick saw that a lot of just me trying to do Roman cancels because every time I did a combo there, Nick would burst it. I'm like, damn it, let me finish the combo. I want a Roman cancel. I want an FADC, man. Let me do it kind of thing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I think the gameplay is is fun uh, so far, and uh, you know, I as I was leading up to trying out the beta, I was you know doing some research and just watching uh, footage and, and checking out the different characters and stuff. And it was one of those instances where I was like, man, there's like five, six different characters I'm interested in trying out, which is a really good sign, right? It's like you want that in a game. It's like for me, I'm pretty particular with who I play in terms of like really seriously playing, right? But I do like to play a bunch of different characters. Um, but there's still characters there that I really want to kind of get into here. And, and I'm excited to do so now that I've played the game and, and kind of got a feel for how it works. And then Nick, same question to you, being a more seasoned Guilty Gear player, what are things feeling like for you? And I, and I will preface this also with uh, in the little bit of research that I've done in this particular avenue, 
I, I see a lot of verbiage of people saying like, now oh, this is the training wheels version of Guilty Gear. It's, uh, you know, more for casuals. It's dumbed down and such. And uh, I don't want to lead too much, but that's just something that I've been hearing. Um, so how does the game feel? And, and does it line up with that? Uh, I think it lines up with that, definitely. Uh, I want to preface by saying I'm not a I'm not good at Guilty Gear. I've been playing it for a long time, but I've not been like that serious about it. I watch it a lot, though. Uh, and I'm, I'm friends with a lot of good Guilty Gear players. Um, I think it's definitely like... Uh, when I play it, it feels okay. Like, the game pace is fine. Um, I, I used Axel this beta. Uh, I was playing Chip the last one, so I figured I'd switch it up a bit. And I mean, Axel still does Axel things. I can do like uh, two HS and, uh, you know, it goes almost full screen. It's a real Dalsim button and, and that's kind of fun. But uh, everyone, every character feels like they're missing something. And that's not, that doesn't have to be a bad thing, but, you know, they don't have everything they used to have. And uh, then you're looking at it like, yeah, this is okay, fun to play. But wouldn't I feel more satisfied if I just went and played XX or XR? That's kind of how I feel about it. Uh, and it's not a bad game. And this is just my opinion. Like, I think for people like Steven, who haven't gotten that into Guilty Gear before, this might be a great one for you. It's entirely possible. And if you do like Guilty Gear, uh, I know Swampen. He's a Guilty Gear veteran. He's been playing it for 15 years at this point i think uh he enjoyed it he thought strive was pretty fun so it's not like i'm being an elitist and saying oh this is just for newbies like uh, different strokes for different folks i i'm lukewarm on it but i think uh, do you plan on playing it uh no i i will try it out i will try it out more than i have Uh, i'm gonna have the game i'm gonna try it out if nothing else like steven was like oh we finally have a game we can play together like he was super hype and i was like (laughs) i mean yeah sure uh we can play it nick tell tell the people because people may not be highly familiar with your taste in fighting games tell people what game you're going to be playing instead oh grambler i play grambler all the time (laughs) yes he he, and grambler is a fantastic i love that game you know and it's just yeah so so people realize like nick's not some Capcom fanboy or something like that. Like he, he appreciates the game. But yeah, 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 he grabs. He, he he's always playing in exhibitions and stuff. Uh, you can watch him on Twitch. Nick, what, shout out your Twitch channel so more people check. It I out. don't actually stream fighting games on my personal channel, but I'm on Twitch TV slash Mudge Intention mm-hmm. on. But there are a lot of uh, exhibitions and events going on. I would recommend you to follow uh, Che Benji. He runs bi-weekly tournaments. Uh, some with Exert, which is now going to become Strive instead, and some with Gramblu. Uh, fantastic EU tournaments, a lot of top players in both of them. It's really cool to see. Yeah, and, and Nick is particularly entertaining on stream because he doesn't rage often, but when he does, it's great. <laughs> I just, I remember certain moments when Nick loses it, it is massively entertaining. Yeah, well, no, not even then, but sometimes on stream, like, you'll be like, hey, that and like you'll just go off yeah. and i'm like dude that's gold and it because it, it's genuine with nick there's no fake rage there it's like genuine emotion coming uh, from him and it's pretty entertaining so, so yeah. yeah but uh still uh one more thing about like the uh whole uh gameplay and everything in guilty gear i think what might get me to play the game more is if they release a new character that appeals to me because Nagoriyuki and Giovanna aren't cutting it for me. Like, no hate on those hmm. characters, but uh, they just didn't... I was actually hype about Nagoriyuki when we first saw him, but then when we got the gameplay footage of him, he's kind of bulky and kind of a slow Super character. Slow yeah. And, yeah. And I wasn't expecting that. That wasn't that wasn't what I signed up for. <laughs> but I think his vi- visual design is sick. How big is the launch roster supposed to be for 15. this 15. There's one character that's not revealed yeah, yet. Yeah, pretty... 
pretty darn tiny, you know, mm-hmm. and that's that's one of the things I was just thinking about. Like, uh, we've done several stories about this, and we've put some other companies on blast for having too small of a launch roster, right? And I mean, it, it's just when we first started, you know, I'll go back to Street Fighter Five. Like when we first started with that game, the options to play there weren't a lot of them. Like you know, like half the cast were grapplers, and and that's a huge deal in fighting games. I mean, Rose is coming, and, and that is like going to reinvigorate me for Street Fighter Five. I'm, I'm still playing the game actively, but that's like I'm going to triple down on what I'm doing uh, because my character's in the game. And you you look at something like Smash Ultimate, and it's like everyone's there, and it's like more companies really need to take the Smash Ultimate route and not just go so hardcore DLC. Really entire people with that initial purchase and Nick you were just such a hardcore campaigner for calling out Marvel Infinite like you really led the pack here on our team but probably on the freaking internet just calling out that stuff like way before it happened you're like I I just I remember that and so I do want to shout that out here with Guilty Gear in a negative way and be like man it's kind of disappointing the roster is so small in this day and age when we know how big of a deal that is i think it's kind of surprising because uh excerpt had around the same size i think excerpt was 13 or 14 but um they like like you were saying the perception of strive is that it's more of like a uh kitty wheels type guilty gear uh that feels derogative to say so i'm not exactly i i'm not entirely comfortable with that wording but they're not entirely wrong. And that's why it feels a bit weird that the Strive roster isn't much bigger when the characters are less technical than they used to be. Yeah. Next up, actually, I wanted to ask, I want to turn this over to Steven, because Steven, I know you had some really interesting thoughts on the graphics of this game. Uh, and I've heard kind of mixed opinions on some of the graphics in here. But like, can you tell people, because like, watching on streams a little different than, you know, than playing it on your actual setup right and can you tell people what you think of the visuals yeah i mean the visuals look great man i mean i i feel like this is a game that people were expecting already to look really good obviously it's in a, there's a playstation 5 version as well as a playstation 4 version uh, i'm i'm playing it on the ps4 pro right now um it looks great man i mean the, the animations are, are are awesome there's some some really cool striking visual effects that happen throughout the match um you know some slowdowns and different things like that they're, they're really trying to push the spectator side of things right i mean obviously if they're gearing up to you know make this an esports title it's like they want this to be fun for people to watch as well right and, and i think it is it's it looks really good there's some some great backgrounds and stuff too and um some cool effects of like the uh, the the stage transitions where you know you you break through the side of the wall or whatever in the corner and then the character goes flying like injustice right to to another section of the stage or whatever and there's some pretty distinct like uh, like changes that happen there too like you'll be like in a sunny like grass field and all of a sudden you're in this like dark like enchanted forest or whatever right and it's like there there's some really cool lighting effects and different things in there and uh, I imagine it, obviously it's going to look a lot better on PS5 as well um, but it's it looks great man it's it's a great looking video game. Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous, and uh, that's what we've come to expect from Arc System Works. Another thing that we should actually mention regarding them is they always manage to keep the file size as crazy small. Like, I remember Xrd, I think it took like 7 gigs, and at the same time you had Street Fighter V taking like 50, uh, which is insane. So I imagine Strive will also be on the lower side as far as the file size goes, uh, despite being so gorgeous, which is pretty crazy. But I also think there's, like, no character looks bad in Strive. But I do think there's a slight discrepancy in that they clearly paid more attention to some characters. I think the real standouts mm. are uh, Melia and Sato. 
it, Nick, you mentioned before that like there's kind of like an issue with like the saturation, I believe, in, in the game. Do you feel like that's being kind of updated and fixed? Uh, I, I was trying to remember because we talked about this like a few months back, um, and I think you, you had some complaints about not necessarily like the overall visuals, but some of the ways they're implemented. Mm, I remember... I don't remember myself having that issue, but I remember seeing people raise that issue and talk, uh, And I probably mm-hmm. like was uh, talking about that. I think one of the main culprits is Faust, because Faust has this uh, mist around him, because he's supposed to look really creepy and spooky, right? They're going like more of a horror route with him uh, than uh, the comedy route that he had last time. Uh, and that is very strange on dark stages. It's kind of hard to discern what's part of the background and not. But I, from what little I played, because I played a few matches against uh, uh, Jenny's Faust, uh, it felt better. But that might have also been because we picked a better stage for it. All right, well, we've said a lot of nice things about this, but I know you guys didn't have all warm and fuzzies experiences. Uh, the last time that this game had a, I guess it was its first beta, the thing that people walked away from that with were major complaints about the lobby system, it being uh, not very efficient, kind of confusing, uh, was, wasn't was very good for ranking people accordingly to their, their, their skill level, all those kinds of things. What have they done to make it better this time around? Absolutely nothing. Hmm. <laughs> And do you think that it's going to change between now and the time the game actually drops in April? No. Talk about it. Um, well, what is there to say? Uh, like, I respect Arxis for this game. I definitely respect them for taking the step with the netcode and really making a good good job there. Uh, I don't... And I love Arxis. That's, we need to get that clear, first of all. Uh, very big supporter of their games and very big supporter of Guilty Gear. Uh, I do not respect them implementing, like having this harebrained idea to begin with, because this lobby is a disaster. Uh, And then like going so far to actually implement it, people thought it was an April Fool's joke. They had it the last beta, which was almost a year ago. They, one year later, they have it, it, basically the exact same. They've made some slight improvements, but it's, it's still terrible. And I feel like they also like had public uh, surveys where they took responses and people would tell them the lobby is awful. Like they, uh, you get, got to score it from one to five and the average score, if I'm not remembering wrong, was 1.7. You couldn't even give it a zero. Like one was the worst. <laughs> and despite this, they just leave it the way it is. And that I do not respect. I think that is uh, very disrespectful to their consumers. Uh, I hope they change it, but like we're not even two months out of release and they're releasing a beta with it. I really don't think it's going to change. And it's a damn shame because I know players who just can't get around that. They, they're just like, no, I can't, I can't play this. Like, this is impossible. This is just a nightmare. And, and to me, this is not a triple A game. And I, I think they got a little ways into the budget and are like, we don't maybe have the budget to rework the lobby system, but that's a big time thing when you're talking about Arxis players who love their lobbies, like and, and hardcore fighting game players who love their lobbies, and that's a that's a huge support base for for these games. Like Arxis gets by, in my opinion, very heavily not on the casual gaming crowd uh, that the other AAA companies that rely on so heavily. Like Arxis is more heavily about the hardcore community, and the fact that they're not able to appease them. It, it's it's throwing off some warning bells for me. And again, I hope this game takes off and it like sells 5 billion copies. Like that would be great. 
it's just it's scary to me because it's like Arxis like don't mess with your hardcore people. They support your game. They're your main fans. Like don't don't piss them off, please. Yeah. Like it's it's a little terrifying for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, yeah and, and I came into yeah. yeah, I came into this um like I heard about the lobby uh prior to going into this. I didn't experience it myself. I, I didn't get a chance to play the the first beta. Um but I knew it was already infamous for being what it is. Um and so I, I went into this kind of like, well let, let's see how bad it really is, right? And so I, I was experiencing the lobby for the first time with this beta and I was just like when I jumped in there, I'm like, man, this is just what what were they thinking? Um, mm. The the avatars are are ugly and dumb. I mean, it's you know, it, they don't look good. They look really like just some kind of weird mobile game or something that's just super undeveloped. The the walking around the lobbies and the different levels that you go to, like you're you know you're at this power level, so you can you know fight people here, but you can also go to the the, the higher rooms or whatever, right, and fight others, and then. Just, I mean, you have to, like, walk around and then press, like, square or whatever to, to ready up and let people know that you're ready for a battle. And then people can walk up to you and challenge you. And, and you know, for Nick and I, we're trying to run fast games. And, you know, back-to-back, there's no rematch. You have to end the match, get out of it, and then wait for the animation of, you know, my character to fall down because he lost. And then get back up and then wait for it to load and then get back into the ready stance. And Nick has to run around for a second or a few seconds before he can reinitiate a fight. And it's like, dude, what... What is this? Like, why, why, why is this a thing? What, what is this? I, I just don't understand. Like, I get trying to experiment and do something fun there. I just don't like when you when it comes to something like how important net play is and online play is, especially now considering you know the the pandemic and everything. It's like that stuff should be streamlined, or there should at least be some kind of a streamlined option for people who don't want to have to do that, right? It's like I get you're trying to do something cool and unique and all of that, but it's like. To be honest, that's not really very cool anyway, but it's like, dude, have something that is just like, hey, I just want to get in there and play against my friends. I don't want to have to deal with this stuff. I'm a hardcore player. I want to just jump in here and not deal with all this weird other nonsense. And it's like, I don't understand how Arc System Works saw the feedback on that and were like, cowabunga it is. Let's let's keep going, right? Yeah. It's like, I, I mean, hey, they did. And I'm seeing some, you know, some warning signs here before launch uh, with with the modes and different things like that, that I'm like, I hope they don't step into these potholes that it looks like they're going to step into. Uh, it's already, I mean, the game comes out in what, like two months in April or something like that. Yeah. It's like, I don't see much changing uh, till, till then or between this time and then, right? So it's like, I'm, I got my fingers crossed that they do something, but I'm also not super hopeful. And that, that concerns me about the success of this game. Yeah, D- to be fair, I would imagine they're going to have some... To be fair, I do imagine they would have some sort of uh, private match system in the finished game. But, I mean, the lobbies are still going to be, like, one of the main areas to uh, especially find new players and to battle. And you're probably going to have to run tournaments through them and whatever. Uh, and I... Uh, it's such a nightmare. And But but see, really quickly, that that's kind of what bothers me about this whole thing. It's like, you're releasing an open beta for everybody to try out. This is, you know, two months prior to launch. This is when you're going to get people on board to buy your game. And mm-hmm. you're releasing this beta with these modes that are super half-assed or super weird. And it's like, these are things that are, are going to turn people off from buying your game. You want to put your best foot forward. If there is some kind of a private lobby system put that in the damn beta and go, hey, I know that you guys didn't like the, the lobby system before. Here's an option for you guys that we want you to try out. We're sorry yeah. about that. You know, And sure. it's like, 
Yeah, put that stuff on the surface, man. You're you're trying to convince people to buy your game. But I think the crazy part about this lobby isn't just that it's like terrible as it is. It's that Arxis are known for having fantastic lobbies. Right. Yeah. They're also known for having fan at least in Guilty Gear having fantastic tutorials and I know that was an issue for you too, Steven. Yeah, and it's it's just crazy, man. And if we if we're going to get into the tutorial stuff, I'll, I'll get into it now. It's just um it's it's another one of those bummers that I really hope is better at launch. Um, I wrote a story about this, and, and it'll be on the front page if it's not, you know, by the time we're done with this podcast, it'll be up, most likely. But basically, the Strive Beta's tutorial is about as bare bones as it gets. Um, it's, it's pretty terrible, honestly. Um, and it's like, in a game that is known for being complex and has these complex systems and all these different things, it's like, again, I go back to, if you're trying to get people to buy your game make sure that stuff is good so you can introduce them to the game and make them want to play it. Um, I played the tutorial in the beta three times just to make sure I wasn't missing something because it's so short uh, and it literally teaches you nothing other than you can move around and you can hit the face buttons to do things. I'm not even kidding. That's that's the instruction, right? And it's it's supposed to have some kind of like dynamic tutorials part aspect of it where in certain situations, it'll show you different things. It didn't show me anything else. The only other thing that it showed me one time was when I was blocking at one point. It was like, hey, you can burst here. This is how you burst. And that was like, I stumbled onto that. That wasn't something that I got the first two playthroughs. It's like, it doesn't show you how the meters work or what they are. It doesn't show you anything. It's just like, it literally, it doesn't even tell you what the face buttons do. It just says, attack, these buttons, move, left and right. And, and do you think that this is going to be how it comes to fruition when the actual game launches? I hope not. And, and that's that's kind of what I'm getting at with the story here. It's like we saw something similar play out in Tekken 7, which uh, is a game that's highly revered. People love that game, um, but it didn't have any kind of a tutorial in it. And the only type of tutorial that you had was in the story mode where it, it showed you some weird special move input shortcut that you can use to just mash your way through story mode, which I did because why not? Uh, and then you never use that outside of anything else. Like that's the only aspect of it that I found when I was reviewing that game of a tutorial. And it's like that Tekken 7, Tekken is a very deep franchise with each character having like over a hundred moves. That's a game you want a tutorial in, man. You want a tutorial that really drills down and shows people how to do this stuff, right? Because that's the type of game that you're going to jump into, a newcomer is going to jump into and go, I don't know what the hell is going on. I'm going back to a game that I can actually play, right? And so I don't want to see that same mistake happen with Guilty Gear Strive. And, and Arxis is repeating some mistakes here with the beta. And again, granted, it's a beta, so I'm, I can't speak for the launch edition of the game, right? But Arxis with this, with this beta basically put together the super barebones tutorial and then uploaded a bunch of videos on their YouTube channel of like, here's, here's the real information that you need. Here's the real basics run through. Here's character basics, right? And it's like, why are you encouraging people to jump out of your game to go search for stuff to find this this knowledge that they need to play the game when that should be in your damn game from the start? And it's and, and that's my big concern with this. And, and again, we're looking at, you know, the lobby system and how that didn't change. And I'm like, OK, so I'm seeing how they're treating that. And I'm looking at this tutorial. and I'm like, I'm concerned. I don't know if it's going to be the case when, you know, the game actually launches. But um, I don't want it to be. I don't want it to be another Tekken 7 because having a, a lackluster tutorial mode in the, in 2021 with a modern fighting game it's inexcusable now it, it just is like you have to be on top of that stuff developers make these big pushes to we want to you know incorporate newcomers we want to make our games friendly for newcomers 
and then you shaft them on the tutorial. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Why are you dumbing down systems? Especially when you coming can, from yeah. Strive, which had the most, like, it's 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 often referred to as like, hey, this should be the standard. This, this is right. how you do air dashes. This are the specific situations you're going to encounter. And these are the different routes you can take once you find yourself in them. Things along those lines. Um, I, I was very surprised in seeing that the, the Guilty Gear, or when hearing from you that the beta tutorial was like bare bones and next to nothing. Um, but I, I, I gotta go, like, especially if they've done it really well in the past, that they're gonna do it really well this time. It's just they didn't pay attention to this for the beta. They were they were paying attention to other things. But Nick, right. do you do you feel similar sentiments to it? Are you worried about the tutorial? You know what they did really well in the past? Lobbies. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <sighs> well, mm-hmm. okay, so so we'll we'll reserve final judgment for when the game actually comes out. Of course, uh, but uh, and just re- right really now, quickly, not to, to be fair, really quickly, I do want to say to there is a quick reference guide in the command list. It's like a system command list that does run you through the things that you need to know, like you know how the mechanics work and stuff like that. You have to dig a little bit for it, but it's there in the beta. Uh, and I know that Guilty Gear Strive is going to have a mission mode that looks like it's going to run you through some of this stuff as well. So I don't want to paint it as a completely hopeless situation, but I'm also I want to make sure that I'm putting that message out there because, again, I've seen this happen already, and, and I don't want to see this happen with Strive because this game does have a lot of potential. A- again, it's, it's you know, the netcode's looking promising. The game is fun. I would like to see it succeed, and I don't want to see them make some crucial mistakes that we've seen from fighting games in the past. Yeah. To be clear, I do, I do think that uh, the tutorial will be good in the final game. Uh, I'm just... I'm not giving them benefit of the doubt after the lobby situation. Fair enough, fair enough. So fingers crossed for it. I do want to get on to Street Fighter V. There's one more bit I wanted to uh, make sure that we get to here with Guilty Gear Strive. And Nick, uh, you mentioned that there are uh, the, there will be a 15-character launch roster. We know the identities of 14 of those characters, but there is a time and a place that we are suspicious. We may find that the final character's identity to be revealed. Talk about that for a second. Sure. Uh, they actually explicitly said that the final character of the launch roster will be revealed in February. We are in February. Uh, since we are now in February, that's why we think uh, this upcoming fighting game roundtable, uh, similar to the one they did last summer, uh, will have the final Get Gear character. Um, and of course, there's a lot of speculation as to who this character is. Um, I think it's between three different possibilities. I think one of them is Dizzy, extremely popular returning character, and she's been in every game since she was introduced. Uh, the other is Bridget, also a very popular character, but was left out of Exert despite his popularity, which was a little bit strange. Uh, given Angie's inclusion now, who uh, also missed Exert, but is much less popular than Bridget, I think Bridget might be like the stinger at the end of the roster. Or it's going to be an entirely brand new character, which could very well be a boss character in that case, in which case... Uh, Dakota actually floated this possibility by me, and I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense, uh, that it would be a character referred to as that man, who is the main antagonist throughout basically all of Guilty Gear, and you didn't get to see his face until Exert, where he is in the story mode, but he's not playable, um, and he actually is named in Exert, but I genuinely don't remember his name because I knew him as that man for 20 years or something before that happened. Right on. So a lot to look forward to. Again, the game comes out in April. It was supposed to come out last year, but of course, you know, the whole COVID thing has uh, put a lot of plans through the uh, the ringer. So anyways, looking forward to that. Mostly positive uh, reactions to the Guilty Gear beta. But let's move on to uh, the big news for the Street Fighter V community. 
we have finally the beginnings of season five rolling out next week. This coming Monday, we're going to get Dan, we're going to get new costumes, we're going to get a game update balance, and we're going to get a new mechanic, V-Shift, that is all but certainly going to change the way Street Fighter V plays. Now, before we get too far into it, I have to say this. I have to back up a little bit and, and, and set the stage. One, yes, it's from what we've seen so far, I don't see a scenario where V-Shift doesn't heavily alter the game's meta um, in some significant ways. That said, how will it happen? We're speculating, and that's going to be the rest of this podcast, is we're going to speculate how V-Shift is going to affect the meta. Uh, we're talking about a bunch of different variables all being put into place at the same time. They will all individually affect how this game is played, but then they will also play off of each other simultaneously. And how do you figure out what that equation's uh, uh, final answer is going to be? It's very, very difficult next to impossible. So everyone just please, as you're listening, as you're speculating, keep that in mind that we don't know and we really can't know. But we do have some strong leads. We have some interesting speculations to go through. And so uh, I'll kick us off here and say that I think that V-Shift is going to uh, heavily change things up. And I think it's going to mm, change things for the better in terms of giving people... A, a pillar to stand on that's based more around skill than has ever been given in Street Fighter V before. Meaning you can rest on your abilities uh, to react as opposed to having to just come up with a battle plan and see if that works uh, more so than in the past. But I want to hear you guys' reactions to it. Are you excited for it? And what do you think it's going to do? And uh, and I, John, I haven't heard from you in a little bit, so I want to turn this over to you first. Yeah, um, one of my biggest takeaways from Capcom is they keep mentioning over and over again uh, defense and zoning play styles. And they were just like adamant about saying V-Shift is a defensive mechanic. Shouts to us because we've been asking for a defensive mechanic now for about a year, uh, I think, straight. And, and their branding, their messaging, everything was defensive mechanic. Hey, did you hear about V-Shift? It's defensive. <laughs> and it's like, okay, we got it. But it's not just the mechanic. It's also the characters. They mentioned specifically with Rose that she's more of a zoner type of play style. And again, um, thank you, Capcom. We know you listen. We know you you pay attention to what we say. Uh, this is exactly what we've been asking for. And, you know, the devil's going to be in the details, right? Like how dominant, speaking of devils, is, is Bison going to be? You know, like how bad is Rashid, Nikali, Kami, all these characters that are pretty freaking stupid who have just like fairly free pressure and could just do crap all day and make you hold it, how much are they going to be impacted by this? Because you have a player like Daigo who goes on, and he's like, look, uh, in our poll, Bison is number one in terms of, of people that are going to be negatively impacted by it. Daigo has a completely different take on it, and he's like, hey, I think Bison's going to be one of the best characters now. The, the whole point of this is we just don't know. And, and again, Daigo also came out and said, like, Akuma's good. Who would have thought that, you know, kind of thing. And it's it, no one has a perfect track record is all I'm We're not at. sure if this is psychic Daigo who's DPing Gamer B or ready to press forward for Evo Moment 37. Or this is Guilty Gear Daigo who doesn't know where to stand on the stage. You get a different Daigo depending on the day. So, <laughs> yeah. so you know, reserve your judgment there. Uh, before we get too far forward, though, I, I think we should just articulate and, and for a refresher and for those who maybe haven't uh, explored it yet, what exactly V-Shift is. John, would you mind kind of just going over the basics of it? 
Yeah, yeah. It, it actually, you know what? Let me turn it over to Stephen because he is our mechanics expert and he wrote the story about it. So <laughs> I'm going to turn it right over to Stephen and not do my job. I'm going to let Stephen do my job for me. <laughs> right on. Yeah, V-Shift is, as Capcom mentioned, a new defensive mechanic where it's essentially an invincible backdash uh, that you activate by pressing, I believe, two buttons. Uh, I think we found out what the inputs were for that, but I can't remember what they are. It's like I think it, we're not it's medium kick, but it's medium, medium kick and heavy punch. Heavy punch. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so basically, what that does is it it consumes a full bar of uh, V gauge. But if you evade an attack or a projectile or something physical, it'll um, it'll give you half of that V gauge back uh, if you do it successfully, right? Uh, and then you can follow up with. Um, basically any attack that you want from my understanding or an invincible like long range attack that's meant to be kind of like a like a v reversal strike right where it's like it, it blows the opponent back and knocks them down kind of thing uh, but the the whole general idea of it is it's supposed to help you escape really bad situations where, you know, in Street Fighter V, a lot of this game is about getting knocked down and then you're eating meaty pressure and you basically have to guess, are they going to hit a button on you? Are they going to, you know, shimmy you? What are they going to do? Now you have a bit more of a now I can escape type of thing if I time this correctly and if I make the correct read, which is nice because in Street Fighter V, a lot of times you make the correct read and it still doesn't matter because you got you got tagged by something anyway, right? And having that is it seems like it's going to be a pretty effective tool. Um, I have some concerns about it. I, I want to know more specifically about kind of how how it looks on startup, how it looks on recovery. Um, from what I've seen, it looks like you can answer back with basically any attack after you do the evade. But um, if the opponent is in the middle of a button or something and what you're using isn't an invincible attack, you're probably going to get tagged there. Uh, if you look at the footage, you see that every time they do like this perfect, you know, V shift or whatever, the answer is always an invincible attack, right? So it's like you'll see um, Rashid try to hit Ryu with like a standing heavy punch or something. Ryu backdashes and does an EXDP, right? So he can interrupt that animation. Uh, so you have the opportunity to do that uh, or do the invincible strike that's like the follow-up for, like the universal follow-up for V-Shift, right? Um, so I think there's going to be some... Some give and take there of like, you can't just, you know, say, for example, like I read like Urian's standing heavy punch, I V shift and then like I try to, you know, dash in and do like a full combo or something. Right. Like it there's going to be some some balance there in terms of like I can't do just anything after that. I'm going to have to really plan out what I'm doing and make sure I got away from it and stuff like that. Um, so I, I'm, I'm interested to see. Let me let me terrify everyone with a scenario I think is going to be possible. Imagine that Manat uh, um, V shifts bison psycho axe and in bison's recovery frames which he's crush counterable from that move because you know he's in the middle of it she stand heavy punches him and not only does she get back the the v gauge stuff she builds a crush counter thing maybe she even wouldn't. making up the entire meter from that i'm wondering if that would be possible and i think it might be because and i think zoners are going to be way better in this but am i wrong am i am i seeing this wrong well okay hang on because um Specifically, when the incoming attack happens, right, there's a hitbox that's coming with that attack. It's similar to the third strike parry in that you want to V-shift as that hitbox comes and, and, and comes in contact with your character. And when that happens, you go into a slow motion mode. And, and that's what Steven was talking about here, where you have the option to follow up with, with either the universal, uh, it's called V-shift break, where your character just flies forward and knocks the other guy down, or uh, one of your own attacks if they're forward moving and, and can 
reach them. Uh, in the, the description or in the situation that you just described, John, um, I would think that you would V-shift the incoming attack, but that would mean that it's not on his startup anymore because the attack is already happening. So when you hit him, it wouldn't be counter hit at that so point. You're just, but still, you're giving Monad a stand heavy punch on that and letting her escape. And that looks to me extremely powerful and good, good, good catch on your end because I don't think she'll get the crush counter usually. Maybe she does it like super early just to kind of dodge the move and just kind of hit Bison out of it because she knows it's coming. You know what I mean? Because I, I do that to you guys all the time right now. Um, but now this just kind of gives me more options to do that, right? And, and more and kind of... Yeah, and, and so like it, it starts to scare me a little bit with the zoners, and I wonder what's going to happen. And shout-outs to all of our mains here, except for uh, Nick, uh, Monat, Poison, and Guile. That's who we're all playing right now. I wonder if those characters, all three of them, are going to be exponentially better. I have a bullet point that says it's the, what this is going to amount to is a lot more neutral because not only is everybody going to be thinking a lot more about these obvious telegraphed sweeping attacks that Street Fighter V has been almost based around in its neutral. A lot of far-reaching heavy moves, a lot of um, special moves that move forward, thinking like, you know, Bison Scissors, Urian, EX Tackle, things along those lines. You're going to have to think twice about those. You're going to have to think twice about, uh, you know, stick and sweep out there, a lot of that. But not only that, once there is a skirmish, once someone has gotten in on someone else and there's rushdown, you can use this between frame traps to escape the the amount of time I, 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 I suspect the amount of time that characters are up close with each other is going to be heavily reduced and as you guys are saying what's that going to play right into the hand of zoning characters who want that space they don't want you up in their face and yes it does look like hot damn this is this looks very powerful it looks very safe and if it means that a zoner can just very easily disengage we might be heading into zoner fighter 5 very rapidly yeah, I think there's some there's a lot of heavy implications here, but in terms of talking about using it during block strings and stuff like that, I think what that's going to do to the meta of the game is just more of like less committal buttons. So like I think that if you're trying to V shift out of pressure like you know say like uh, up close pressure, right? If the opponent is using like lights or mediums, I think if you try to do like a you know a V shift back and then you're not committing to like a say like an EXDP or something and you're going for a V shift break, there's a good chance that they're going to be able to block that and then punish you for doing that. So I, I do think there's going to be, because the animation looks like it takes a while, right? Like they backdash and then they do like this big lunge forward that's a big attack. And I, I'm i assuming that's going to be unsafe on block because it is an invincible attack. Again, it's, it's kind of like a view reversal. So the idea is that it has a lot of range and it's invincible so that you get some kind of a follow-up for the V-Shift, right? And it's it's not the optimal one, but it's it's something. And they even make it a point of like, you know, some characters can't, you know, might not be able to reach in this in this instance. So V-Shift Break has a lot of range so that it allows you to do that, right? So it's like, I think there's going to be some way to kind of balance that out. And I think that's going to affect the way that people are using um, up-close pressure. So maybe like less heavy buttons, less, you know, just fishing for crush counters and stuff and more kind of... Mm -hmm you know, maybe staggering jabs, maybe more fast mediums, things like that to kind of bait that out. Um, and that actually leads into something that I think is interesting that I think if Dan is any indicator so far based on his V-triggers, uh, I think that Capcom might be looking to scale back a lot of the effectiveness of V-triggers in general, because I think they want to encourage people to use V-shift. Uh, and if you have V-triggers that are still super powerful, people are just going to be like, well, I'm just going to wait and get that instead. I'm not going to use V-Shift, right? And so you look at the way that Dan's V-triggers are designed, and 
they're pretty they're pretty simple and they're not super effective like v trigger one is a, a one bar v trigger the first in the game that's this giant you know hadoken right and it's like or what, what I, gadoken right i think that's his um but it's like you can charge it and it's one big fireball you can either get it as like a combo ender or if you fully charge it it, it does a guard break right it's it's a quick just one one chance to hit it kind of thing uh and then v trigger two is i believe two bars and it soups up his like his fireballs and his uppercuts but if you look at the combos and things that they're doing in the in the footage he gets like two or three beefed up super or special moves right and it's like that's not a long time that's like maybe one punish and some pressure situation right it's it's not a this isn't a long thing that's going to be going this isn't a, a g's v trigger one type of thing so if they're using that as their their standard if they're trying to kind of start doing that that's the example of what they're looking at for v triggers like I could see them scaling back a lot of the really powerful V-Triggers in an attempt to encourage people to do V-Shift instead, which will ultimately kind of spread out the meta a little bit more. And again, we go back to like, it's going to be more neutral based, right? And people trying to use that to get the upper hand versus just waiting for the fireworks at the end to get V-Trigger and then robbery, right? Which I hope that's the case. That's that's encouraging, right? Like that's if that's a sign of what's to come, I'm excited for that. I can tell none of you guys ever played Alex. Because when I'm looking at V-Shift, what I see is, uh, I think it's an interesting mechanic. I think it's a good addition to the game. Everyone was asking for a defensive mechanic. Uh, they delivered. I'm impressed. I did not expect that. I was actually expecting something super dull like CA2, which would have no actual mm -hmm. function in the game. Uh, so seeing V-Shift, I was uh, positively surprised. Uh, I think it's very hard to gauge what exactly it will do for the meta without knowing the balance changes coming along with it. Sure. But if we're looking at it from the game we know, everyone's thinking like, oh yeah, finally we can uh, screw Bison's pressure and, you know, oh, we can stop Seth's stupid axe kicks, you know, all that stuff. While I'm over here and like saying my prayers that I, I'm not actually playing the game anymore because Alex has to work so goddamn hard to get in. <laughs> And then when he gets in, you're just going to be, nope. Yep. Can yep. you imagine how I bad that it, is? Yeah. I He was one of the first people I thought of. And I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be a dramatic nerf for Alex. That's exactly what he needed. He needed to be worse, like, sizably than Dan. Yeah. And here we go. We got it. Um, yeah. I And this is, okay, so this is where the, this gets really interesting to me is how is the meta going to take shape now in this game? And that's a big heart of the discussion here. And one of the things I'll immediately go to, and I want to hear what all of you guys think the game is going to kind of evolve with or kind of not. I mean, we're getting into that, but everyone, I look back to Ultra Street Fighter 4, and they heard about delayed wake-up and red focus, and they're like, oh my gosh, this game is going to be so much different, it's going to be so much better, and all that other stuff. It's like, nah, people developed option selects to cover both normal and delayed wake-up. Um, you know, Yun and Evil Ryu were still great characters, so was Kami. Like, it wasn't like every character got, you know, displaced and all that. A few characters did. Like, Rose went from being one of the worst characters in Street Fighter 4 Arcade Edition to a top 10 or top 15 character, and then she won Evo. You know, like that, that happened, right? So there are going to be some exceptions here. And that's where it gets interesting to me is that the game is going to shift, but who, whose favor is it going to shift in, you know, to, right? And Alex, we can just immediately roll him out because there's no way we just know that Alex is never going to be good in this game. And it's going to be like, it's going to be a bigger shock to everyone. Like Nick, it, it, Capcom, if you make Alex good, 
Nick is going to actually play the game uh, and that's no, never not. going to happen. So that that's, we just know that. Right. But, but how do you guys think the game is going to evolve overall? Like, where do you think it's going to go? I, I have an, um, kind of a lead here. Well, a, a, a more of a specific in that, um, I think that you're going to be able to use this offensively in a significant way as well. Um, and I think the new street fighter five special quote unquote is going to be do a move that leaves you at negative two and then V shift the, 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 when the, the other, uh, when your opponent takes their turn back. I mean, remember when Karen got her V trigger two and anytime you'd fight against a Karen with V trigger two, the strategy was do one of the moves, especially now that everybody's muscle memory is into, Oh, I know when I can punish and I'm just going to straight go to the punish they would do one of those and then they just activate v trigger two which was a counter a parry very similar to what this is and and get you there and then and then the game would become okay so that karen's going to do negative two kinds of moves and then they're going to do the parry but you're going to bait it and then crush counter her as a result uh, i think we're going to see that all the damn time now with v shift that's the question yeah. though like what what is it in a countered state at the end? We don't really know, right? About a V shift. Like, if you bait it, do you even get anything for it? Well, that's a huge question. Exactly. I have that on my, my on my list of questions. Like, is there going to be a realistic punish for V shift if you call it out? And what I've seen so far in the footage, it doesn't look like yeah. it. It looks like just a, a regular backdash. But the 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 thing about backdashes is you can get crush counted out of them. If you try to hit this move when they're doing that, you're just going to straight up get... That's what they want you to do. Yeah. Like That plays right into their hands. So it's like, maybe we're going to see people do some pressure and then to call out a V-shift, they're going to do a weird forward dash in the middle of their pressure or a forward jump. But I don't even... First of all, you really don't want to do that because that's a very scary thing to do to give up your turn and, and, and in order to basically... <laughs> move forward against someone who you're already right up against or jump forward and, it, and, it, and again it doesn't even look like it has much recovery so that might not even be an effective thing it might be that v shifting backwards gets you out of pressure every damn time and that's a very scary potential the thing about it is if a v shift works very similar to how a backdash does why the hell are you spending a bar to do a v shift when you could just backdash that, because backdash you get crunch counted out of well yeah exactly but i mean we don't know all the properties of this but what i'm saying is like potentially betting a bar of v gauge is a big deal in this game it, it's v reversals are not terrible but they're terrible in the context of what a v trigger does right so if v triggers stay the same or relatively the same we know they're being tweaked to, tweaked to some degree because nicali's got a two bar v trigger now and it doesn't last the entire round you know it actually drains and other stuff so we know that's being tweaked but like Using a whole bar of a V trigger gauge, like that's crazy. That's is that enough commitment. of a punish? Uh, I'm sorry. Is that I, I enough know. of a cost? Yeah. If you are the person that's 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 baiting it out, are you going to be satisfied with? Well, I got a bar of their V trigger, um, but but also they got out of my pressure for that. So my successful call out. It man, there is a chance that this game just got slid from being way too offensive to being way too defensive, and I'm. <laughs> I'm getting more and more nervous. I, I don't. I don't think that's going to be the case. I, the way that I'm looking at V shift is, I think that it's going to be similar to V reversal in the sense of like you're going to want to try to do this uh, against big moves that have bigger recovery, so you can get a proper punish, and you're going to be able to bait it out with moves that are faster and, and you know quicker. Uh, and I think that basically, because if you look at the footage again, it's like 
whenever that V shift was happening, the character would immediately launch into like an invincible reversal, right? Like he didn't he didn't walk up, he didn't go and jump in for a full combo, nothing like that. It was like immediately mashing into EXDP to make sure he got the punish, right? And I think there's yeah. going to be a, a good enough amount of recovery on that backdash to where that situation is going to hopefully balance itself out. And I think it's basically going to end up being, do I want to V-shift back and then bank on doing my own follow-up, like an EX you know, reversal or like trying to hit a button or something like that? Or am I just going to go for the safe option that takes longer, which is the, the V-shift break? Which, and I believe, again, I feel like that's going to be kind of more of a re-reversal style counter where it's like it's slower but it's 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 invincible right so it works but it, it is a slower option it's like it, it can also be v-shifted back that and yes they... and it can all it likely will also be able to be blocked and punished I, i'm i'm guessing that you're going to be able to punish that just because of what that is again it's a longer range punish it's invincible i believe the whole way through if that's safe on block as well that's kind of crazy but i i'm imagining that's going to be like that's the 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 safer option, but also it's risky too because if they if they bait that and they block that, you're gonna get punished. That's that's how I see it. So I'm thinking there's gonna be some some decent checks and balances there of like how to use it. I don't think it's just gonna be I get to V shift out and, and I'm free, right? There's gonna be a little bit of a of a give and take of like, okay, what do I do after I do it? Did I use it at the right time? Did I V shift against a light button and now the opponent has all of the you know the, the chips are stacked in the opponent's favor, right? Like. You're going to have to, I believe, use some tact. From what I'm seeing, again, this could be, it all depends on what the frames are, recovery, and all these different things that we don't know yet. But just from what I'm seeing and the way that I think that they're going with it, that would be my take on it right now. Now, Nick, you, you've seen this happen a bunch in different games. And besides this killing Alex, probably like that's the most likely outcome. Like, What do you think is going to happen? I think, I'm whining about Alex, but you know who should really be crying about this? Sangeef players. Because that's someone who's, like, if this works like it looks, that's a character that's just out of the game now. Because Sangif, his whole thing is to get in. And that's already hard for him compared to previous games. He doesn't have the green hand. It's pretty hard for him to get in. What he's rewarded with is exceptional Oki, right? So he lands a heavy SPD. He will now dash up. He will either hit you or he will do another SPD. V-Shift covers both of those options. And it costs you one V-Gage. But you just got that V-Gage from being SPD'd. There's not going to be any situation where you can't escape the Oki unless you popped V-Trigger before. And here's one of the things I'm glad you brought up, Greenhand. I think there's a good chance that they give Zangief Greenhand now. Because that's how much this game is changing. And if they're going to give Zangief a brand new move, how many other characters are getting a brand new move? How, what Might they actually give something to Alex that makes him a decent character and doesn't make him garbage tier? Now, that's probably too much to hope for because Alex is pretty much hopeless. Uh, the I give up outfit that, that he wears... Was indicative of his entire lifespan in Street Fighter Five, but but Steven, I know like you looked at like Ed's um, uh, V Trigger Two, I think it is, mm -hmm. like and he guard crushes and stuff, and it looks like they're doing some new things here. Like, do you think it's possible they add new moves to a handful of the cast members? I one hundred percent think people are getting new moves. I think we're going to see some new stuff for sure. Uh, and and on the subject of Zangief, they do actually show an example of Zangief like applying V Shift, uh, but it's like. Unfortunately for him, it's it's super like specific. Where I believe he he v shifts like Dalsum's uh, yoga fire, like from like mid screen, and then like he he answers back with like the 
the middle, the mid kick counter move that he has, right? Oh, and yeah. like Dalsam hits like a button and he counters him and he goes, he, 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 he confirms it. He gets it, right? And it's like, that's ultra specific. That's like, okay, like, I can see how that would work. But also, as we're talking about for Zangief, this is kind of looking like a death sentence. Um, and, but I think that if you were to, well, I mean, with Zangief, I think if you do use V-Shift and you, you know, you use it against somebody who's trying to keep you out with, with normals and things, right? It's like, you can, I wonder how much range his V-Shift break has, because then that might actually be really good for him. Because it's like, okay, if if I'm keeping Zangief out with like, say, you know, Gil's forward heavy kick, right? And he V-Shifts it and then does the, the follow-up that knocks me down and he moves forward. Now he can dash in and get pressure and he can push me to the corner. And that's a different situation where it might not necessarily be the death sentence that we think it depends on the range of that move and also if they give him green hand v shift to normal green hand in bada bing bada boom now zangief is even scarier right and you know he's he's still good with v gauge and stuff like that too so it's i'm curious how it's gonna how it's gonna play out but i do think they're gonna give people or different characters new moves for sure um and there's definitely some new weird properties going on with some of the v triggers and things so it's like yeah i'm curious to see how it how it all plays out I am very interested on how it will affect the, uh, again, the skill-based neutral game, because one of the problems that I have currently with this game, um, and it's something, well, a lot of the characters that I have played suffer from, is that even when you're trying to play that neutral game, the, the situations often are so that the spacing is so bad that even if you get the whiff punish, there's not much you can do and your standard bread and butter punishes don't reach. So that ends up like if you try to do the full combo, you, they block and you get punished for doing so. Um, that's not the case with characters like like uh, Karen, when that she's amazingly good in no small part because of that, because her whiff punishes go into a forward moving move that closes that gap no matter how far she is really. So, uh, but in thinking about that, this will be an answer for when you have a, a situation where you know your opponent wants to do something. So often we know, and usually this is a V-trigger activation scenario where you've been beating up on them, right? You've taken them all the way to the corner and because you've been beating up on them, hey, they have a full V-trigger stocked, but it's not activated yet. Well, if they block your initial pressure in the corner and they get that breathing room where you now have to, if you want to continue pressure, retake that space, they so often want to put, you know, usually something like a sweep something that's fast and far-reaching um, out there and then cancel into v-trigger either on block or on hit they don't care they just want to get into their v-trigger mode and then go from there well you can then cage your opponent and like wait for that sweep but even then it can be difficult for a lot of characters to get very much out of that with this now if you can predict when that sweep is coming out or when whatever you know button that they like to use to activate with is coming out you can directly counter those situations. And that is something that I am very intrigued at exploring. If it works the way I'm kind of seeing it in my head, it gives you an answer for all this. Now, at the same time, it might be moot because maybe V-triggers are total crap. Yeah, now, I, I, but, I'm yeah. Uh, wondering here, like, are you, what is, is the scenario you're envisioning? Is it that because you called out the sweep, for example, they can't cancel to V-trigger? Right. Well, if you V shift out of the way, right? Because I, I hadn't considered that either. But now that you're mentioning that, John, it's like you get. It's to very the, predictable. Well, yeah, you get to these but, points but in the John, match. Where... Didn't you mention in a story that if with the, with the buffering though that if you if you you when you do an attack and it's someone who V shifts, you still cancel into exactly. it. John, I believe you did the story. Yeah, they, yeah, like, did that. You, it, 
yeah, that that's um I don't think you can you can make it whiff because the cancel still comes out. So will the cancel still come out with a V trigger too, I guess would be the question. They very well might okay, so specifically what, what John is talking about right now, um in the in the showcase we saw a couple times where or at least once, uh where Ryu, for instance, does low forward into fireball, right? Now you can only cancel the low forward into the fireball on hit or block, but not on whiff. Now he does this to Rashid and the Rashid V shifts, essentially meaning that the low forward whiffs because it never hits anything but it does technically hit like Rashid's invisible hurt box for the v-shift which is why it engages Ryu then still successfully cancels into the fireball meaning that if you're doing buffered moves where you do the move and you do the the, the special behind it and if it doesn't make contact it, the special move won't come out it still comes out if a v-shift happens so if you do that into v-trigger maybe it still happens that's possible but v-trigger activations when you're not stuck in those block frames i mean you can you can oftentimes punish still right so that might not be as big of an issue but yeah that that is maybe a thing yeah no yeah i mean really really quickly though that that makes a lot of sense in that you know even if you do cancel into v-trigger there you can at the very least backdash away from that follow-up mix-up because everybody knows that once a v-trigger is stocked it's like it's only yeah, a matter of time. slow motion canceling into v-trigger at that point well no that's what i'm saying like it's still in favor of the person who uses the v-shift right because we know that at this, yes. it becomes a certain point of the match where once v-trigger is in play like or once it's stocked that big button is going to come when it, whether it's a standing heavy kick whether it's a sweep whether it's by not standing medium punch right it's, it might be urian's forward you know tackle something like that yeah. but it's, they're they're very predictable situations that i still feel like even though i know they're coming i can't do enough exactly. about to like be having fun with and that's a big gripe i have about but, the game yeah, and i think this will attend to that i, I agree and, yeah. and i'm starting to see kind of the potential there that again i hadn't considered and that's that's pretty exciting man it, just to have an option to deal with that situation where before there was really none because it's like well i can try to i mean i can't be reversal because they're they're plus after activation right so they're just gonna destroy me anyway and it's like now there's some kind of a i have an option i have something that i can do and not feel completely helpless this this actually takes me back to like back in the 1990s when we didn't have net play for fighting games and we'd go on IRC and we'd play what they call theory fighter and we'd be like well if you do this and then you do that and like we would do this for days and it just this is totally bringing me back to it because you know you don't have net play you don't have a way of testing this and it's like we don't have a way of testing this build yet and here we are and it just this is like a this is legitimately exactly how theory fighter went just over text form like back in the 1990s we used to do it all the time on uh, number Capcom number SF2 on IRC shouts to there but uh <laughs> <laughs> but it, good days, good times. Yeah, but the, the, like the concern I'm having about V-Shift is uh, we don't know the drawbacks yet because if it is like a get-out-of-jail-free card, then that's going to be a big problem uh, mm -hmm. for a lot of characters. And uh, John mentioned earlier, he was like, oh, it's a big deal to pay with uh, one V-Gage. Yeah, for Minot, not for Vega. Vega's V-Triggers suck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> for him, he finally has yep. like a usage for them, and for him, the V shift will essentially be free because he doesn't even want to use his V triggers because they're they're bad. You know, um, one of the interesting things about Vega is uh, I think it was Steven or John, I forget who, but they were like, "What if you made his Rose a one bar V trigger like That's that?" Me. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, like that would actually be interesting for Vega. Yeah. Like that would actually make him maybe a compelling character for the first time uh, since season one." You know, and, and it, it's interesting. Vega's a little better than people give him credit for, but he's just a little better. That that flip kick V skill too he has is real good, uh, but that's about the only good thing he has. Yeah, so. his V triggers have like notoriously been bad the entire time. And the thing I'm 
like I can't give an assessment or like feel any type of way about this because we don't know the balance changes yet. Because I think a big part of Street Fighter V that made it so stagnant for me was that there was a major shift between Season 1 and Season 2 in uh, the balance, right? Almost every character mm -hmm. that was top tier in Season 1 went down quite a bit for Season 2. Chun-Li went down, Nash went down, Ryu went down, Ken went down, yes. though not as much. Mika went down, not, not as much, of course. Uh, but then, Season 2 onwards, the top tiers have been largely the same. There have been some new characters added that have become top tiers. There's been characters that like go up to top tier and then fall out, like Abigail did. But like Rashid has always been super good. Yurian has always been super good. Ibuki might have fallen off a bit this Akuma. season. Akuma has been amazing the entire time. Bison, he's been super good since season two. Um, and I'm just sitting here like, are you guys actually going to do big changes to these characters? Because if you aren't then they're just going to... like. I think this mechanic, as it stands right now, with what we know about it, will probably help stronger characters more than it will help weaker characters. And I do agree with John's assessment that stoners are going to have a field day with this. But if you're comparing someone like Bison to someone like Alex, like that gap isn't going to close. It's going to widen. Yep. Yeah. And Nick, the, the thing that this is one of the, the main things I wanted to key on is people get really hyped about this stuff, and I'm glad they're hyped about it. But to me, I'm looking at like what's currently good in Street Fighter V is going to stay pretty good. It, you know, the pressure game in this game right now is like a freaking 11 out of 10, right? Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. And that's probably going to be dialed back now to an 8 out of 10, but that's still really good. Like, does you think Alex it's only even... going to be dialed back to an 8? You don't think it's fallen farther? People yeah, are going to be honestly, reshifting like mad to get out of to get out of situations. Dude, I, I play I, Bison, man. Bison's so stupid. He He's the dumbest freaking character in this game. Every psycho down. axe, you're going to be it, able to react to every time Bison tries to psycho axe you uh, john i hope and pray you're right i don't think you are uh because i've also played alex and the gap between alex and bison and they have a similar enough play style get in your face and mess you up it, that gap is insane and to me i i do think there's going to be a few more characters like zoners are definitely going to be better like falk is probably going to be quantifiably better than she was but she's so low tier as is right now i i think she's going to jump up you know maybe five spots or something it's going to be like ed from from season four to season five now or however capcom does weird seasons right but from the prior season to now ed did get a lot better but he was so low tier it's so hard for those characters to climb and that's something that that nicholas has has really championed here and been very 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 smart about and i i the moment he mentioned it i'm like dude you're so right and i never picked up on it and that's the gap between the high tiers and the low tiers in this game is insanity and, and i do think they're going to be able to fix it to some degree but it's so hard to nerf like we're not even confident they can nerf akuma they built him like they they built him and we're like eh, they probably can't even do they probably can't even nerf him he's that good he's so good they can't they can't even reduce him in power he, he's just too good and and, and I, that's that's my overriding feeling right now is like there these the gap will be smaller but i i I can't I can't see a future where Alex is better than Bison. 
I think, no, I, okay, so the, I think there's a couple things going on here. I, I, the gap between the high tiers and the low tiers, I think, is too general because I think this affects the style of play more than it does just like where you are on the tier list. I think, uh, and, and I agree that Alex doesn't look like he's going to benefit much from this. I'll also say that I don't think Honda's going to benefit much from this. And I think characters that have really, here's, here's maybe a simpler way to, to broadly think about it. Characters that have really strong moves that you know are coming, that you can see coming, but that you can't really do anything consistently about, and that's what they ride on their wave to the top, that style of play is going to get hit heavily here because you will be able to do something about those moves now. It's like now if an EX, uh, like out of nowhere, an EX uh, bison stomps coming at you, I mean, well, <laughs> uh, V-shifted. Now, in the case of Bison Stop, maybe he can still make that completely safe and just go away. But at least you're John, not having to hold it. John, there's no way Capcom is going to allow Bison Stomp to whiff. It's never whiffed. It's not whiffing yeah. now. It's that, that thing always hits. It's One a move that just can't be V-shifted v because... <laughs> <laughs> you, like, take double damage for V-shifting it. That sounds like something Capcom would do. They're like, we don't really want people to yeah, dodge and stop. Exactly. It's okay, yeah. I think that the game is going to become much more neutral-based. There will be clashes, but they will quickly be dissolved, and the game will go back to neutral. And I think it's going to be a lot more about getting hits there. And then if you get something like a crush counter or, or you know, you get a jump in, then, yeah, great, go for it. You'll get that damage if this v shift is frame one invincible that's gonna be scary because that means i mean on oki it's like people aren't gonna have to hold oki as much anymore in like a very significant way i think that this is going to more along the lines of single touches reset into the neutral single touch reset into the neutral um, and then that plays right into the hand like we said earlier of characters that just want to zone um, and i'm i it might be that Dalsim shoots up to the very top of the charts and and by like a whole long Dalsim head and shoulders because uh, oh this is looking very good for Dalsim as far as I can tell. But I have to go back to to you know you say like people are going to be playing neutral more where Rashid and, and Bison don't even play neutral they just get in for free they're like oh oh you you're trying to play neutral thank you yes but because how is Bison going to get in he, ex scissors re ex stomp right. like every and, time and like so that's all if you're had. waiting for that i mean I, I don't think you're going to be able to v shift ex scissors like and, it, and, then, and then he's got a free hit on you you know kind of thing and if you manage to block it he's plus one or 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 if he does ex scissors and then he's got that plus situation v shift after you block it if he tries to follow yeah, up that's well, probably a better idea in if that he situation. doesn't yeah yeah so, and if he doesn't then you've just backdashed away and uh, now you're back into but the then neutral. we come back to the I discussion right. if there's any risk to it or not because if there is an actual risk to doing a v-shift and them not actually doing anything which i personally think there should be because there absolutely needs yeah, to be a call out uh, yes. then i mean you're still in a very rough position in that point because bison is now in your face where he wants to be he is plus and you have to take a gamble on and and like it can end in tears for you no matter which choice you take right he still got in for free in this hypothetical yeah, situation in for a bar. okay yeah for a bar too sure. yeah you're, you're closer to the corner where he can just kill you too you do not want to be in the corner in this game ever against anyone most characters just maul you when you're in the corner and it's it just like I, i'm looking at all this stuff and i'm like 
uh, where I want to go with this, because I don't know if I'm being very clear about it, is I, I, I just so much agree with Nick that the good characters are probably going to stay pretty darn good. I just I don't see a reality where Rashid is like bottom tier now. Uh, same thing with Bison. I, I just don't see it. I, I hope that's the case because those characters are really stupid and they should not be the the, the pinnacle uh, of balance in your game in terms of like being one of the top tier characters. Don't take your dumb characters. I've said this a mi million times, Capcom. Please freaking hear me. Don't take your dumbest characters in the game and make Make them good. Take your dumb characters and make them base level, mid tier, lower, something like that. If they're easy to play and they're really freaking stupid, which Bison is, and shout outs to all the people in the comments blowing me up for my hot takes and saying, ah, oh, Catalyst, I hate you. Shout outs to you guys playing Bison. I see your profiles. I know what you guys are doing. <laughs> Bison is stupid as hell. He is the dumbest character in the game and he is a Terrible character, hands down terrible to have as one of your best characters in the game. That should never happen, I, ever. I will jump in here. Um, I'm, I'm glad that you uh, agree with my viewpoint and that you see where I'm coming from. But uh, to move a bit further, what I'm looking at here is V-Shift is an interesting mechanic. But if they just plopped it into the game as it is now, it's not going to do any big difference. But yeah, there are balance changes coming. And that's mm -hmm. where my mind is at when I look at Street Fighter V right now. Because, like I said, Season 2 through Season 4, I think that's the number uh, we're on now, um, have not have much variance in how good or bad characters are. It's largely been the same. But that's also why I was expecting something like CA2, Right. Because clearly Capcom don't want to do big shakeups with this game. That's what I was thinking. Now they're doing this V-Shift, which is a very different mechanic. They're revamping how V-Triggers work. They're changing the Kali from having a constant V-Trigger because they think V-Shift is this important. So they're going in there and they're tinkering a lot with the game. And this is where I think, are they actually going to do some changes now? Are they going to like properly buff low-tier characters and properly nerf top-tier characters? It's possible. All right, Nick. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot now because I know that you have some insider information you don't always talk about, and I know. Uh, so Ono's gone. How big of an impact do you think Ono being gone is gonna have here in terms of how Capcom does this balance stuff? Because I, I'll just turn it right over to you with no more preamble than that. I do not think Ono's absence will have almost any effect on this particular balance uh, patch, because I think this stuff is decided far too early in advance. I think Ono's absence will have a gigantic impact on Street Fighter VI. But I think this has been decided while Ono is still there. That said, Ono was not as big of a part of Street Fighter V's development, certainly not in the later years, as people thought he was. So I don't think you can really put it on Ono that it's been the way it's been. And that's why... That's why I don't think, like, what we're getting now, we would have gotten even if Ono was still there, is what I think, personally. But what shape what we're getting takes, I mean, we're going to find out in a few days, right? Yeah, I, I don't know if that's the case, um, because obviously, you know, Season 5 wasn't audible that Capcom called, so I don't know if things were, would have necessarily been the same had Ono not left. This does feel like it's indicative of some new management and different things like that. I mean, I can't say for sure, um, but I, I, I think it 
we're seeing some pretty big differences here because Ono's gone now. Possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's. A, I think it's a mix of definitely both things because I've heard both things from different people. And I think it varies on who you ask. And, you know, uh, perception is reality, right? Uh, and it's it's an interesting, you know, situation. But the, the, as we say, we're going to have uh, facts on that in the future. So it's going to be, a, this patch is going to be fun to watch, even if you don't want to play the game, just to kind of see the power dynamics that are playing out at Capcom. Um, and we're seeing things they've never done before. Uh, Nick, I know that, um, can, I, can I even say this part? Because you said you didn't want to say this on the podcast. Like, how you personally feel about like like the patch and stuff like that like okay, can you can, give people a little hint <laughs> I, I i i just damn it i just want to hear you say it like i, I do i i love this game and to you're, hear you're you gonna say use it. this as a soundbite i know it but yeah okay so <laughs> given that they didn't do the predictable stupid move that i've come to expect from them with implementing ca2 i can go on record and say that i am genuinely impressed with capcom I don't know what to do with my hands. Hot damn. That is definitely going to be a... Yeah, that, it's, <laughs> it's, it's be a really soundbite. cold in here, man. Hell just froze over. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, but uh, we're also, this is Capcom, and as much as I'm a fan of Street Fighter V, I'm like, okay, I want to temper my expectations because it's uh, doing things differently was not that long ago. Yeah, that's true. Um, Man, uh, but we we have uh, this weekend. It's going to come a little bit, you know, before in Capcom's teasing some kind of announcement. Uh, in this day and age, they've been pretty good about actually having an announcement and not just an announcement of an announcement, basically. So they're saying something more is coming at the CPT finals. Uh, maybe we get the fifth character identity. Maybe they show some balance changes. Who knows? Um, but I do think we'll see something more, kind of based on the wording of what they put out there. Like I, I agree with tempering your expectations, but I think this is the best. Uh, or the most likely time for Street Fighter V to see a major shakeup in its meta, which is something I feel is needed badly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, so we should probably wrap this up a little bit here. Uh, I want to go around the horn and get anyone's last thoughts and then what they specifically are feeling like V-Shift will, um, how it will affect the game, just with where your gut's at right now. Just kind of broadly, like, what's going to happen to Street Fighter V in terms of, like, is it going to be way better? Is it going to be way worse? Are you nervous about it? Are you more excited? Um, so we'll go around the horn here. Nick, what's your uh, gut reaction, and do you have any last thoughts? I think V-Shift will make the game more fun to watch. I think there are going to be some really hype reactions. Uh, it's going to... not. I don't think there's going to be anything like EVO Moment 37 level, but I think there's going to be a lot more juice from the squeeze when you watch tournament matches. Which is really nice, because hopefully we'll be able to go back to offline events soon. Um, as for the mechanic itself, like as a, as a hypothetical player, because I don't really play the game that much anymore, or <laughs> almost at all, um, I'm not so sure. I think it might add to the bullshit. Uh, and that is largely dependent on how all the other changes shake out, which I am shockingly optimistic about. Okay. Uh, John? Uh, I, I think if you're on the fence about the game, this is going to give you another reason to give it another shot. But if you're fully out on Street Fighter V, I don't think this is going to bring you back. Like, it's this game is just not for you. I don't think they're ever going to be able to change it enough, or they should ever change it enough to, to appeal to the masses. It kind of is what it is, and they're going to evolve it. And, you know, I think it's what we're seeing, but I don't think it's going to be a revolution. Uh, I think it's just going to, you know, change a bit. Okay. Steven? Yeah, I'm excited to see how things play out, and the lab monster inside me is very much, um, 
my mind's shifting into overdrive, kind of thinking about the different possibilities and things that you might be able to do here and, and trying to figure out what all it could be. I do think that the mechanic is going to have drawbacks to it because if it's just ridiculously broken, I, I just don't see that. I mean, not that Capcom wouldn't do that, but they're going to need to change that really quickly after. And I think there's going to be some legit drawbacks to it, uh, which makes me believe that the meta is going to either shift in a small to midway or a small way or a midway uh, into seeing people use safer pressure. And, and I think that's going to be more of a discouraging of big just do it moves because those are going to be easily, you know, or more easily V shifted and more of like, I need to be a little bit more methodical with what I'm doing and try to go for less committal stuff and, and a little bit less of the dumb stuff, which I'm excited to see. I hope that's the case because I, I know people are going to be fishing for, for V shift a lot. And again, if you're just out there throwing out Urian's fully charged standing heavy punch, well, guess what? You're getting V shifted, bro. And you're going to get knocked on your ass. Right. And, that's what I'm hoping out of this. Um, I don't know if it's going to be the case, but I, I think that we'll see at least some shift in the meta um, toward a safer, more calculated gameplay style. And I say that now, and I hope that I didn't just monkey's paw this whole thing, and you know now we're all screwed because <laughs> Bison has safe pressure all day, and he doesn't have to use big buttons, and he's just going to dominate even further. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, one thing I want to say earlier is that when we were talking about reacting to moves and Bison Psychoax getting V-shifted every time, I'll roll that back a little bit because right now, Birdie's EX Dolphin Dive, I know that thing is coming all the time and I and the reaction to it is a single up input that you need to beat it and I don't, I, I, I miss it more than I'd like to admit uh, punishing that move. So if that's the case, then a, a, a you know three or four different button push reaction is going to be even harder. So maybe you don't get it every time. Fair enough. Um, in terms of where I think this game is going, I am intrigued by the idea that we might have more skill-based manifestation of, of your play on screen, an opportunity to flex that, something to fall back on regardless of the character you play. It's like maybe you still have something of an answer and it's based on your personal abilities more than it ever has been before, reactionarily speaking, uh, because that's a word. Um, a few little... Uh, but but I'm, I'm super... I'm super nervous at this point that I think that this might be just trading one devil for another in the total opposite direction. It might make the game all but moot for certain characters uh, at the competitive level, and it might break the game. I'm not saying it will, but that is something that I cannot shake, uh, a very real fear that it like it just comes down to you can play Dalsim, Guile, or Minot, or and a few others, but most, or at least if, if any of the cast is completely invalidated by this, and I think there's a potential for that to happen, that's not a good look, and that will be what people talk about uh, more, off, more likely than not. But it's not for sure. I'm just worried about it, and I tend to be a little worried about these things. It's Capcom and Street Fighter V. Um, a few quick notes. I think it's going to be a lot more jabs and grabs than we've ever seen before because those are going to be relatively safer to, to be doing. Um, I'm kind of interested in that it looks like we're probably going to be able to V-shift V-reversals. And so what does that mean? What does that look like? And I also have a note here that says get ready for hella V-shifts in the corner. If you corner someone, I think that you're going to see them just like going for it um, and trying to get out and squirrel out. But yeah, uh, a lot of change. And, and the good news is the answers are coming Monday. So at least they're starting to come through on Monday. So I'm really looking forward to it. I am nervous. I don't, let me go on the record. I don't think this will for sure break the game, but I'm worried about it. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap us up for this week of the Event Hubs podcast. Once again, thank you all so much for listening. And we'll be back with you soon. Playground, though. Thanks, guys. <laughs>